Hello guys and welcome. Oh my nose, got Hey guys and welcome. And that was an inside joke because Jonas. Anyway, welcome to the uh, several fourteenth, fifteenth. No, no. My guess is fourteen. You see, the reason why we can't remember is that, that we haven't talked to you in right about forever. Um, and now. I think it's been before your internship even that we so did that was Oscar, last three months of an internship. Yeah, so it's been at least three months that we haven't talked to humans about what we're doing here. It's not entirely true, but it's now we get a newsletter featuring like hundred thousand. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> no, but like honestly, I wasn't sure whether we were still doing the podcast ever again. Wait, we bought the microphone. We, uh, we so we cannot we not continue. <laughs> no, so we bought Jonas a microphone. So now he should sound great again. Funny enough, we're now not using that microphone to record this podcast because we're sitting here on this gorgeous couch off the Pioneer Garage, which is the co-working space where we've been doing a lot of the work we've been doing. And now we're using some cheaper microphone on top of our camera. Um, Thanks to the Pioneer Garage, shout out for um, lending us their cheap microphone and the beautiful co-working space. Yes, well, yeah. A- anyway, um, what are we going to talk about today, Jonas? You just asked me that before we started. And I'm not really sure. I think what we can do is cash people up on what we've been doing. And I think I'm not even sure whether the whole rebuild Maimon decision on our end had been made the last time we made the podcast well we ha- we knew that we had to do a major overhaul anyways because angular js is no longer supported after the end of this year angular js being like something with programming <laughs> um and so we had to build it anyways but i think we didn't quite know that rebuilding it meant rethinking it yeah, so we went from knowing that we have to do a lot of changing to knowing and also knowing that we wanted to like redesign some of the processes, which right, are, right. were a little bit questionable. Um, but obviously, the deeper we got into it, the more we realized that it's probably easiest to just start from scratch, essentially. You see, it's like when you clean your house and you start by just changing the towel in the bathroom. And you realize, okay, no, I should clean this. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't go as far as, you know, you start to realize you have to move out. But what you clean here and clean there and suddenly you have whatever, um, you know, the mob in your hand and you realize, okay, now I might as well clean up. Uh, next moment, you have a drill in your hand. You, you're taking it out, uh, apart the shelf. You, you, and, and yeah, you've ordered a new kitchen. <laughs> you're rebuilding the entire house. <laughs> and you're rebuilding the entire house. <laughs> so we're rebuilding the entire house. And the, the beginning of it was really, really tough. I'm not going to lie. No, I mean... It's still, it's still. Because it wasn't me who was involved as much, probably. Yes, that's true. So in the beginning, it was mostly Alex Dietz and myself uh, doing that little bit that work of work that has been going on. And yeah, I mean, if, if we're saying we're rebuilding it from scratch, is that we're, we're keeping essentially the vast majority of features are staying within the app. The fundamentals will stay. We yeah. will keep the same database and backend. Yeah. Um, mostly. Um, what's going to change is kind of like the facade, I dare to say. A lot of the facade. Um, I mean, fundamentally, the way it, my mind works is still going to be the same. Yes. 
However, however, the way you get to how things are working or like some of the processes for you to make those things happen that already are going on are going to be changing a little bit. Can and, you give an example, Alex? Um, I think one of the most interesting examples is the organized section. So for you, if you have organized a conference with Maimon, um, as soon as you set up a conference, you can go into an organized view of that conference and that gives you a whole new menu where you can configure applications and make assignments and all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And that has been so far detached entirely from the rest of, of the, the conference's page and, and the platform. Um, and now what we're doing is, in, in, in a way, it is similar to a Facebook page where, you know, you see the page, but on the left side, you have this, this larger bar of navigation. I want to say we're going to be a lot more clean and, and, and compact than what, what you have managing a Facebook page. Um, but in a way, that's how you can imagine it. And you can really also go ahead and edit your conference page from the front, uh, right, looking at it. You know, we're going to have edit buttons there, which is going to make things a lot more intuitive as well. And it's going to allow you to... to to really make a change and see how it what it looks out like afterwards. I think yeah, that was one of the things we came across every so often was that we found a setting uh, where it's like plug in a text here, and we really had to think of like where is that going to display? Wait, is that text going to show up? We couldn't figure it out. Um, so we want to make that a lot more, a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and that also means obviously, I think one of one, one big step uh, is going to be. Uh, oh, my belly is showing a bit here. We, we've had a, a wonderful gnocchi. We had a wonderful gnocchi. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, so showing actually the application process of so what, what that's going to look like for delegates, <laughs> I think it's going to be really key to to provide that as like a, just like a dummy version of that for yeah. organizers so they can sort of click through it and see what, what that's like for delegates. Um, yeah, so, so this is like one theme, I think, that we, we're going to have in place. Um, we are also, we've been working, especially last 48 hours, a lot on the payment system. Yeah, and I think it's not just, again, the this with the payment is not just the facade. We really thought through, yep. like, you know, what is it, you know, that, that where, you know, payments are made and what is it, what, which services do we offer and um, which services is it that we really have to charge for? Um, and and I, I, I can say that we had a big discussion about, um, you know, free conferences so far. Um, free conferences still had to pay a fee. Yeah. Um, and personally, I've always thought, you know, if they're free, what are they going to pay the fee with? Yeah. Um, didn't make much sense to me. And so kind of like what we have to charge for and how much we're going to charge is a big discussion that we're having right now. Yeah. Uh, I think it's not a discussion where we're totally final yet. Mm -hmm. uh, by far not. We haven't really started even. Like so, so we'll definitely share some insights once we have any. Um, which is not the case yet. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm excited what's happening. Yeah. Here. No, but even like setting it up, I think this is like what, what I've been building yesterday a lot. Yes. Is and and I mean I've been building it in terms of writing the code, but a lot of the ideas come from you um, there. So and the verification, the verification, and uh, like adding payment feed payment, like all sorts of things that you had to set up in order to be able to receive payments. I think we've simplified that a lot, make, made it a lot more transparent and understandable for you. 
Because I think we were hugely lacking in that so far. I mean, we barely understood it. Alex, uh, the other yeah. day we were talking about an hour with the support hotline from our payment provider just to yeah. understand um, what really matters, what's crucial. And with with payments, you know, this we're talking not just about some, some Google forms, but we're talking about um, international banking transfers, yeah. a super highly regulated field. Um, and, and, you know, in the end, it's just things I always say, things that we as MUNs might write into our resolution or something to draft resolution. Um, this stuff's real. Uh, it's called know your customer. And, and so um, like banks really have to know who's transferring which money from where to whom and uh, what for and stuff. So um, yeah. No, like I think this. I, I think we can talk a little bit more about this, and maybe our discussions of Stripe yes. and, and what those were about. Maybe it's interesting to some people, um, because right, uh, obviously we're not doing all of that ourselves. It, it doesn't all run through our bank account. It actually a lot of what we're doing is going through a payment provider that is Stripe. Actually, um, just because. It's something I didn't know before. If you as a delegate register for a conference and you transfer your, your delegate fee, that fee is at no second ever on our bank accounts because we're not legally allowed to have this money, else we would need a banking license. So this money is just moved instantly from your bank account as a delegate to the one from the organizers. Not instantly, not the instantly, organizers goes into sort of a depot and then... But yeah, but it's again, never with us. That depot is not with us. No, that depot is not with us. So, so this is where a lot of, um, I think, credibility can, can is arising from. Yeah, and I think what's also important, and I think that hasn't really been clear enough, that we are working with Stripe as a payment payment provider, and that a lot of what's happening is is detached from from us. So, if you see there is like a, you have a certain balance within your account, quote unquote. Um, and when payment payouts are happening, it kind of looks like all is managed by us. But truly, we're just showing the data that we're getting from Stripe. Yeah. Um, and then actually everything that's happening is just happening on the Stripe side. So one, when you're setting up your conference and payments for your conference, if you're living in a country that supports Stripe, which is most Western countries and a lot of others as well, but countries like Israel, for example, it's not available there. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, so... Um, wh where was it going to go? You were talking about Stripe and where the money goes and yeah, um, the payment provider. It's not it's yeah. Anyway, ah, yes. So when you fill out the form uh, to, to accept payments, that form is not for us to have your data. It's because through that you're essentially creating an account for your conference with Stripe, and that's why you have to all sorts of verif verifications. And that verification is actually not with us. It's with Stripe. Right. We're just sort of making that possible. So we want to make that a lot more clear. And then that verification process is where you had a lot of conversations with conference organizers who were frustrated because they had to provide, provide like utility bills of their company and all sorts of things. And we figured that, that, you know, a lot of it is not necessarily at any stage. And so we took this now a lot, a lot more granular so that it's a lot easier and faster for, for people, yeah. for organizers to set up their system. Yeah. Um, and, and also on the other hand, um, a lot more clear in terms of you know, what's the, what's the expectations and, and how to get help from us. Yeah. Because I think, um, if, if anywhere, then this is the point where support and just 
being there, being available, being a helping hand and giving some guidance is the most crucial thing. Yeah. Um, so, so in case you're setting up your payment system in my mind, uh, call me. Um, I'm always happy to help. Um, I guess I don't want to say I've done it all. I think there's uh, still some, some, yeah. adventures but but so I feel confident one of the things I want to talk about here more a little bit I don't know if this is at all interesting but let's assume it is mm-hmm. um, is the whole company registration with individual registration I think this is going to be a big change that people who use the system in the future and who've used it in the past are going to see mm-hmm. and, and and we really thought about how can we make that account registration with Stripe as easy as possible for you um, as an organizer. And essentially, when you're creating an account with Stripe, uh, so one, one of the options we looked at actually was just using an onboarding process by Stripe entirely. Um, um, and then we sort of got deeper into it, but we couldn't customize that as far as yeah. we wanted to. And one of the customization points we wanted to address was um, uh, the option to select what type of entity you are. And within Stripe, you can uh, select whether you're an organizer, whether you're an... In- no, fuck. Well, sorry. Uh, Damn, when- boy. Damn, boy. Damn. Uh, anyway, you can select whether you're a company, an individual, or a non-profit. A non-profit is, however, only a legal entity within the United States. So that's not an option that's available in Germany, for example, where we are right now. I remember trying to verify um, a, um, a society from the UK. They were registered with the Treasury Board or something, what it's called, in the UK. They had all the documents and papers, and the papers were just rejected all the time. They called me. I mean, I couldn't tell at first glance, so I called them strike people, and together we got it sorted. But again, like... NGO, they, they, so we talk to Stripe and ask, what's the benefit of it? And what's the risks? What's the responsibilities? What's the duties? And it turns out that essentially they said there are no rights and responsibilities yeah. that an individual carries um, with that. And so um, that was a, a huge relief. Yeah, and especially because what's happening at the moment in, in my mind if you're selecting opting to register as an association or a club or whatever yeah. it makes you register if you think of it in stripe terms as, as a, a company yeah. as a business and obviously if you're just a loosely uh, allotted group of people within your university call yourself a club call yourself a society even you're not a business and you're not going to be able to verify business registration uh, like a business would be able yes. to so this is, and that makes it obviously quite difficult then to register as a business. You have to provide a lot more inf- information. And because you register formally in Stripe terms as a business, Stripe also expects you to fulfill certain requirements a business would have. So a business having utility bills, easy. Yeah. Uh, a business having a back number. Yeah. It's not mandatory, but, you know, um, lots, all sorts of things like this. And then, obviously, as a society, you get into trouble. So what our thought process was like, and so this is not final yet. We have to sort of verify that, maybe talk to Matt and, and Robin about it. Yes, absolutely. Before we obviously make this happen. But what if we just force everybody, and maybe force is the wrong word, but if we just default everybody and... Well, we force people, we don't give any other options, to register as an individual. Um, 
and it's really just about having a contact person not and, and to make sure that a real person is behind that process and it, it, it and, and it's just not like a fake registration this is all that it's about there's no liability issues nothing like that so if you're just forcing people to register as an individual to keep it as easy as possible because identity verification which is sort of the second set of verification mm -hmm. within Stripe you might have to upload an ID or a picture of your ID or your, your passport and I think that's feasible uh, third step we obviously that, yeah know. it's like address verification where you have to get some more interesting documents but it's still I think it's, very granular. it's a lot more straightforward and you don't have to bother with, with your society and stuff and uh, if we make that transparent as, as much as possible, I think it's just going to stream and process a lot. Uh, I'm sorry, this was probably the most boring uh, narrative of all, but maybe it helps you understand a little bit more how Maimon works. There's one thing, Alex, I, I would still want to talk about. Yes. Um, we, we mentioned that, you know, Israel is not, um, you know, a place where, where the strat marketplace is available. Um, however, we do have a solution. It's not like uh, countries that are not part of this um, you know, that are not Stripe territories are excluded. What's our solution for that? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, a, it's a solution that allows you to opt out of using uh, the MyMoon payment system, or if you're just living in a country uh, that doesn't support Stripe um, through our like Stripe uh, type system, then you default to that non-Stripe, uh, non-MyMoon payment system. Um, so even if you live in a country that supports Stripe, like Germany, you could opt out. Yes. And we've seen that. So with the way Robin and, and Matt, they've set up the system, you um, you you couldn't really opt out. Um, right. But you have found some people who are trying to circumvent the system because they just wanted to receive like bank transfers. or Which is, I have to say, a fair claim. If they want to receive it as a direct bank transfer, let them be. But here's the thing. If they, the, the Maimon page suggests to the delegates that they can pay directly by credit card through the Maimon payment system, and then they fail to, um, and, and then later they get an email uh, that they should please make a bank transfer, then it all becomes a bit icky, it becomes less transparent, um, and it becomes um, quite a lot of like you know service work for us to explain to these delegates um, what happened and where they stand and, and all these things. And so we thought, why not integrate them into this dedicated process? Yeah. And the second problem, obviously, is that they're not paying the payment processing fees or, or, or sort of platform fees, um, which allow us to, to keep the platform alive. Uh, and that obviously is also a negative. So now we're, we're well, we, if I may interrupt, well, these are the cases where we have the highest time invest in terms of you know customer service. Exactly. So this is a massive issue. Um, so what we're now allowing you to do is you, we, we allow you to to we legalize that essentially, uh, or, or we just we keep formalize it. it. Yeah, we formalize it in, in countries where even Stripe uh, minimum payment system will be possible. So you can opt out of our minimum payment system and just plug in your own like PayPal uh, uh, dev account thingy, or you can plug in your own Stripe um, account if you have that externally. And you can also in, in, enter your bank account information so people delegates can trans, just transfer you to mo the money. That does obviously have the massive negative effect that we 
don't automatically register who has paid and who hasn't. So you as an organizer will have to um, go to your bank, uh, through your bank statements and, and see which delegate has paid. And that's a lot more hassle for you. But obviously, if that's how you want to do it, uh, you can. Um, With the uh, PayPal or your own Stripe account, though, it checks it automatically. This is um, oh yeah, right. This is like semi-linked, yeah. um, so it's not going through a platform. Nevertheless, it does check the the applications as paid. Yeah. So this is different. Um, then. Um, yeah, so, so with that, we're also obviously still, uh, we still have to make some sort of platform fees. Um, and the way it's run previously is that you had to make an upfront payment uh, to MIMON to unlock all of this. Um, Which is so inflexible. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit difficult. So what we're trying to, to uh, employ now is a system where as soon as you accept a delegate's application, uh, a week later or like within a week, uh, we're going to, bill you uh, a certain uh, share of the delegate fees. Now, how much that's going to be, we don't know yet. Obviously, we can't uh, just take the same amount that we would of of um, of the normal payments in the minimum payment system, because there we know a delegate is going to pay. If we bill you on acceptance, some delegates are not going to pay their fees. So we have to going to find a sort of middle ground there. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a bit tricky to, to really get the pricing right there. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, so th th this has been going on. We've also, I think, focused, yeah, this week, re rebuilt the whole conference list and, and sort of where you look at the search for a conference. Hold on, let's make a short, you know, thematic cut here so people, you know, like this, we're now starting a different topic. Uh, we talked about finance and, and financial settings for um, uh, quite a bit now. We're now talking about the place where you as a delegate start to research your conferences in this, I think it's called Discover. Um, yeah. This uh, is, you, you know, where you find the conference list, the conference map, the, the conference calendar. With that introduction, Alex, what happened to the conference list? We wanted to leanify it a lot, make it a lot more easy to use, more direct. And so what happened so far is that you click on Discover and then you get to the highlights page, which is where you get sort of a card view of all the conferences happening. You get some highlighted conference who, uh, you know, we, we, we support in a special kind of way, who organizers might even have paid for, for those conferences mm -hmm. to be, you know, highlighted in a special, special kind of way. You could then filter that and go to different tabs for different continents. And you had us like three navigation bars on top, mm -hmm. which, Oh, it looked messy, uh, obviously, and then all, all the, the colors obviously didn't help you. Um, and then you could go to the Flamingian list, which is where I usually went for to look for my conferences. I think you went more for the calendar view. I love the calendar view. You uh, love well, I, not from a design perspective, but from a thought and practicality way, I love yeah. it. So that that was, that was a thing, and then uh, there was also map view where you could like sort of look on a map. Um, anyway. We've tried to really make the way to get to the conferences that might be interesting for you a lot shorter. Yeah. And really put in your face what's um, what's most interesting to you. And we're trying to use some sort of clever ways to really uh, tailor the, what you're seeing to, to 
to to what you want to see. Um, so one thing that we're we're essentially doing is we're throwing you directly onto the list view. Uh, we're giving you much improved and much advanced filtering options, mm -hmm. so that you really uh, you can narrow the list down to something that's going to be interesting to you, and you can you know just look for a different a special month, a special specific month, or filter by by continent and all the online conferences or only high school or only college. Yeah, and you don't have to like go into weird drop down menus for yeah. that. It's just directly buttons very visible on the left side there. Search bar obviously is still in place. Um, so that's one thing, one part of it. Um, and then you have the list, uh, which we obviously try and make a little bit easier to explore as well. And then on top of the list, you're going to have the highlights yeah. uh, of, of conferences. So those are going to be still in card view, um, but we're going to try and use essentially sort of rough geographical data that we get from just accessing any device, you know, whenever you sign in uh, or go to any website, some we, we can get some geographical data from you. Uh, that obviously is not very accurate, but it is accurate enough for us to predict which continent you're on. And using that information, we can then give you the special uh, dedicated content highlights for your own continent. Uh, obviously, global highlights are going to be spread across of just course, everybody yeah. in the world. But that way, we can tailor things for you, give you the highlights, give you the list directly, and then obviously we're going to long-term or medium-term, I want to say, give you also the option to switch back to the calendar view and the map view, but both of those are going to have to be redesigned because... Because they don't work, right? Like, yeah, I don't... Yeah. I mean, they work technically, but not... Not visually. Well. Yeah, I mean, we want to make whatever you get out of my one easy enough to use and, 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 and a pleasure to use and, and a great feature and we don't want to put it out there if it's not satisfying to us or, or just good enough and that is why some features maybe once we launch in hopefully fall with this new version um, might be missing um, some features maybe we maybe we may even have to straight up uh, scrap or, or put, move to the bin. Well, let's walk the talk. I mean, let us know um, which features you love, uh, which ones you yep. might miss, which ones you might add, which ones are you name it. Um, for us, again, this is such a highly interactive thing, and, yep. and especially if you would be um, you would you know, find some time towards for uh, maybe to, to go with us, um, to talk with us over the, the current thing, uh, kind of like a beta tester, that would be yeah. awesome as well. Yeah? And I mean, to be fair, like we're not scrapping a lot of things. No, um, no, just yeah, some very niche things where, where we identified from um, from statistics, seeing that they were used Literally like, not anybody. Like, there was literally features that no one has ever used. Well, like five people, like five years ago. Okay. With um, the custom statistics. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Call us if you ever used the custom statistics of my money. Ah, God. Um, what, what chances are? No one's going to reach out. Yeah, probably not. So, um, one thing, especially now that you talked about people reaching out and stuff like that, one point that we've reached out over was assignments uh, and application management mm -hmm. and that is something that we started working on today more in a more dedicated sort of capacity mm -hmm. and we still sort of started building the first prototype uh, of which and the main idea of for that was sort of how do you even manage applications and I feel like in the old nine one 
or like the current moment, um, there was no really clear way of how should I manage my assignments. Okay, Alex, again, let's just okay. make a shortcut here. We're now moving away from the delegate perspective back into the organizer's perspective. Um, again, into this organizer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it the conference backend or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and as an organizer, I now have all the applications for the different, you know, countries and committees. And I now want to see who's going to get which assignment. And this has to happen somehow, yeah. ideally in a structured, you know, form. Efficient kind of way as well. Yeah, I, as Germans, this has to be This efficient. has to be efficient. <laughs> no, so, and so if, I have never actually myself organized a conference using MIMON. <laughs> Um, but then, so as I we started looking at looking at Myanmar more closely, then um, what really jumps in your fa face is the country matrix, yes, which is like a massive grid uh, listing all the committees and the countries, and then if like you can assign essentially, essentially slots within through that, like you click on a th on, a, on like a slot which like matches country and committee, and then if somebody's interested in that, that you can you get like a pop-up or something and you can assign that to that person. It's, but it, especially the larger conferences, it really, it's hard to get an overview and some countries are in some committees, some are not. It, it, it's really difficult. So that, they didn't really seem to be a really great way to assign people. Then you also had a list of delegates, just a straight up list. Mm -hmm. But there was also no really obvious way of signing. You know, like, yes, there's an assign button. And you can click that, and then there's a popover. But then you don't even like. I think you have to go to a different tab to even to get like the, uh, the it's preferences. And it's a lot of clicks. It's a lot of clicks, and it just didn't feel like that's the best way it can be. The best way it can be, or like I, I didn't even feel like that was the way it was intended for me to assign somebody. Like it's sort of like, yes, I can do it through here, but. Should I? And I felt there was no really obvious way for me to do it. So that's, that was a big focus of ours. And, and then we, for a, a while ago, we've talked to a couple of people. So especially I talked to Egon from Steamon, who's used, used my one extensively. Used, I've talked also to Finn um, uh, for a long, a long a little, little stint there. And, and I've also, I don't know, I don't even remember who it was else. Anyway, I've talked to a couple of people. And I've also thought about myself how I used to do application assignments right because usually the way it works is that you get a list of delegates and that's when delegate X has certain number of preferences and then you look at alright can I give him preference number one or do I want to give number one and then I do it or I don't yeah right then I go preference number two or he's already assigned and I don't care about him anymore or her um, so this is fundamentally two philosophies uh, about application management. Right. So we have on the one hand, the view where we have the applications of the people. We call it the applicants kind of view, yep. just internally now, today. And then on the other hand, we have kind of, we, we call it the seat view. Yeah. Because we imagine it like, 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 like a room with empty seats where it has the flags on it. And you can kind of like seat people. And, and when you're saying view... It's, it's view like... Like a perspective. perspective. It doesn't perspective. mean like we're building no, two different No, views. absolutely. It's perspectives. Yeah. Um, and and it's two different kind of... Yeah, perspectives, philosophies, kind of like where you start from. You can start with the people and, and kind of like assign them to, to chairs. Or you, 
chairs not being the chairperson but like the the seats kind of or you can take the seats and and you know go one seat to the next and and see if there's people that, that want to have that seat right so the problem with the seat perspective is that you're going to have a lot of seats and not there's not people are not going to be interested in all of them and you're going to have more seats than you have people usually usually exactly and the thing is yeah exactly so that's at least how you start Right. And, and so yeah, and and which would mean that you would spend a lot more time uh, if you were to to kind of like allocate the seeds. Yeah. Now, in so if we use the comedy matrix as basis, we would essentially have to go through the entirety of the matrix from bottom to top, and make sure that at no point we have anybody left who's still interested in being assigned in any of those spots, which is obviously you have to go through this massive matrix. There's a lot of spots which are maybe not really used by, uh, or like UFC seller when he's interested in or seats which don't exist within your matrix. Or, so there's a lot of inefficiencies being lost. And from what I, from how I usually like to think that I would, I used to go about assigning people in a few conferences I organized and also from, what Finn told me and, and the others told me is that they have a new list of applicants, right? Maybe every week they go through it or they have like two or three points or waves of assignments. Mm-hmm. And they go through the list and they assign everybody. And then when everybody's assigned, they're like finished. And then they go maybe back to the committee's view to see how full right. or empty the committees are. But that means that the committee matrix is mostly just a, a thing that's like nice to look at. It's, it's like a nice thought concept. Yes. And it's something that you end up creating for your conference bef- if you don't use Maimon, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you have to somehow keep an overview um, where we have that overview that community matrix exists, essentially, yep. but it is within our database. And we now can, however, just go ahead and present information to you in a way that's much more usable. Long story, uh, short result. I think the way we're building it now is that we're going from sort of the delegate perspective um, where we're looking at, oh, what are those preferences? Can we give them or her those preferences? Um, And if not, if you don't want to give him or her any of those preferences or none of them are available, uh, you can just uh, go and uh, assign him or her to like whatever you like. Uh, So that's like an extra option. And in the way I'm imagining that now to work is that you just sit down, have your list of applicants, it's tailored to that. You immediately get all the information you need to assign that delegate and you don't have to click through and to finally get to the assignment thing. Um, and you can just duck, 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 uh, go through, um, throw through your assignments, make those happen, be at lunch quicker, um, have your delegates get their information quicker and yeah. Just have a leaner process over. Yeah. Just yeah. And and again it's kind of tying in nicely with this idea of you know allowing you to organize your event, you know, easier, uh faster potentially and giving you that extra hour as an organizer uh to to get a better speaker, to get um another sponsor or a supporter um and and you know find more delegates to to give you back that extra hour that you lose in these inefficient processes right now yeah. uh, very often um especially when you have 
you know, small teams uh, when people have to write exams uh, during the you know preparation phase. Yeah. Um, all these things, uh, it's it's normal. And yeah. Now, and I think honestly, like, so I, I've seen so of what we've so so started sketching right. there earlier, and honestly, I feel really really excited about it. Like, like I, I want to see that when I was used. sitting there writing it. I, I in the end I got tired because it's also late enough now. Yeah. But I got really excited because that's not just a new way of presenting information. It's really, really rethinking the process right. and really giving you as a user, maybe somebody who's new to Maiman, a much, much, much more straightforward and easy way and quicker way to do your business and to get your conference organized. Right. And there's not at all going to be the excuse anymore. Hey, I'm just going to have people doing it for me. like Because it's so much easier that well, I mean, it's the, a no-brainer, the, really. The, the challenge was and is um, that organizing a conference with Maiman is easier than using a Google, Google what's it called? Google Forms Google or Forms, Google yeah. Spreadsheet and stuff. And I'm confident to say with what's coming there, it surely is. Um, it's saving you a hell of a time. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, not only in the first round doing it, but also in, in usually like when you have the Google spreadsheets, in my experience, it's always like double checking everything and, um, you know, finding information takes a lot longer. And so I'm convinced that with, the, with what's coming there, um, it, just, it just gives you extra hours. Yeah. No, of time, not of work. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge amount of work, but I'm, I'm honestly quite excited about what, what can come out here. There, like I feel like that time that that organizers are going to have is what we invest now. <laughs> yeah, fuck so, yeah, it's true. No, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing it, and I hope it's all going to come together. And one thought I had earlier was that. I think we're still going to have to guide people really well and we're going to have to put some more thought into how they can get to the point of opening applications. Yes. Because I think that's one of the issues at the moment that you can open applications without having your payments set up properly. That's right. How is that possible? That should not be possible. Um, and I want to put all those safeguards into place for when we're, what we're rebuilding now um, so that you can only finally toggle those applications on when everything's in place. So there's no misconceptions. There's no, oh, this doesn't work. There's no um, yep. you know, question marks. Um, it's just straightforward and and it's working as you want it to. Yeah. For that, though, to, to, to work well, we have to really make sure we... We present. We, we let people know what they have yet to do to make to get to a point where they can open applications. Right. And either way, we can build it into into the dashboard page or somewhere where we have like sort of this checklist almost. Um, the dashboard would be a nice place for this, maybe. Yeah. To to make sure that this this can all all, all go through. And uh, yeah, maybe this could be it. yeah. And like, I'm kind of thinking so so for the payment. Uh, thing we built like a couple of of indicators that's right which sort of are because go red or green if, if, if things are set up properly or not and maybe like a sort of sort of like process like that for for how, what you have to do to get applications running but ideally obviously you wouldn't have to do too much let's see 
what's coming out there. Definitely, I think we're both very excited um, for what's to come, um, what's going to happen. Yeah. How my month is going to look like, even yeah. internally for us, in a week. Yeah. Um, I can say that a week ago, um, it, it has looked dramatically different. Yeah. Um, so it's been a good week. It's been a terrific week. And uh, I'm kind of thinking about whether we should, like, how long we should go tonight. I'm quite tired now, but, like, if I have Red Bull. Let's see what's gonna come. I don't know, man. Let's call this a, a podcast for today, I let's guess. Call it at podcast. Least. And let's see what else is to happen and come. How long do you reckon we talked? I reckon this, uh, we didn't stop, but I, I reckon it's like 25 minutes. I hope we recorded. it. Let's see. Oh, God, 40 minutes. Holy cow. That's a long one. Anyway, see you.